podcast after the blog, where we take a conversation started in the blog over at the website and move it into a podcast format where we can talk about maybe operationalizing that value. And this week we are backtracking and making good on a conversation related to financial stability. We were we were hesitant to do this one. <laughs> yes, very. We acknowledged our resistance, which <laughs> might be a clue. I'm, I'm not entirely sure that I'm not still a little hesitant to do this. <laughs> I agree. And I worry, I think really what it comes down to is I worry I'm not giving it justice. Right. Or doing it justice. And because I think it's one of those that I absolutely understand the value of, of financial stability and certainly understand, yeah. you know, big picture and little and personal financial stability, but also looking at businesses and, and the way that, you know, and organizations and how important that is. But sure. as a value, I was having a hard time understanding it as a standalone value. Yeah, that is actually kind of the same, I guess, struggle that I had was the idea of it as a standalone value versus um, kind of aligning with my other values. So, right. um, you know, whatever those might be for someone else, uh, you know, I I am curious, what does financial stability and courage look like together or connection and financial stability um, versus I value financial stability and that is a standalone lens. Right. And I think that's what when I did some I did a little research on it and trying to, you know, be a listener and a learner and understand for those who who do um, think of financial stability as being one of their values, what does that look like? And I think that's exactly what I found is that oftentimes it isn't as much about it being something that is, you know, of, mo of most importance, but that sure. really it's about them allowing their path to financial stability to match their core values. Okay. Is, that is, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Maybe. And yes. so, you know, <laughs> it's the, you know, the person who is, kind of a heart charger and fun and, you know, th other things that they value, you know, the the go-getter and then in the financial realm not being maybe as aggressive or being okay. afraid to, you know, take those risks that otherwise in the rest of their life would feel comfortable and even life-giving. That makes sense. And, the vice, and vice versa. Somebody who, you know, really is looking at wanting to, you know, wanting that stability and that um, that calm and that um, that, you know, deeper kind of, I don't know, at peace, like inner peace mm -hmm. than the opposite. You know, if you're living in debt and you're, you know, have that stress that comes with paycheck to paycheck, then you're not perhaps making those decisions in the financial aspects of your life to match those other values. Sure. And I think it can also come back to the conversations that we have had when we consider what is your why. Right. And I know sometimes that can seem pretty conceptual um, when we talk about connections and how last time you talked about connecting people to their best selves. I mean, that can feel incredibly conceptual in terms of, okay, how do I make financial choices that relate to connecting you to your best self? But I think maybe that's where 
some of that what and that how come in because you know filtered through fiction like episodes are essentially what we do sure um and having conversations is how we do it so when i when i look at this whole format and then think in terms of financial stability like yeah i'm going to skip spending money on something that may or may not be you know attractive in the moment and instead i'll think no um (laughs) we started this episode with a lot of issues with my laptop uh so i would much rather make a financial decision that meant i saved and you know built up the funds to go purchase a better laptop so that we can keep doing this you know and kind of connecting those money decisions or I mean I know finances are more than money but connecting making this decision as to whether or not I whether or not it matters if it furthers or perhaps uh, stalls something that I do with filtered through fiction or these conversations yeah and I think that's a, a key point really it is about you know, at what point are we willing, what sacrifices are we willing to make? You know, it's that, sure. that thing we talk about where you're at this point and you have to make a decision. You're either going to move closer to your why, closer to your purpose. You're going to feel more at ease with that long term or you're potentially going to, you know, it's, it's too hard. It's too difficult. And I have, you know, I have thought this about this quite a bit. And in fact, I was just talking to my, my mom uh, last week about it. I have a significant amount of shame attached to the idea of financial stability. And I really don't, I probably still have to dig into that a little bit more to really understand it. I would hesitate, and I can remember, you know, especially younger, younger age, and I'm not sure it still doesn't exist though. I would hesitate to say out loud or to, you know, to express to someone I couldn't afford to do something even if it were a choice. Sure. You know, and, and there's nothing in my rational, logical mind that says I should be able to do all things, be all things. And yet I can remember, you know, in college, in, in uh, my first jobs, or my first job, you know, making $15,000 a year, paying <laughs> utility yeah. bills on a credit card just to survive. Yeah. And yet feeling like I still wanted or, or should be able to do things. And I think it does. It goes back to that messaging of should. Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure where that came from, other than maybe messaging, you know, throughout your life where you think it's the keeping up with the Joneses or the you only see the the outside. You don't nobody yeah. shows you their credit card bills or nobody shows you the, the you know, <laughs> their you don't debt. get to hear exactly the debt. Yeah. Or the, you know, and we all come from different stories and there are people oh, for who sure. inherited money. There's people who have, you know, been very fortunate. There's other people who have struggled through no fault of their own you know, illness or whatever. And so I, I just, it, it was such a, it's such a superficial and shallow thought. And yet I can remember that being, and still, as I said, still feel much like there is that level of shame. And I think that keeps us at times, like anything else, keeps us uh, from really making those decisions intentionally and deliberately that do, you know, hold true to what's most important. And, and that's, you know, just what you were speaking about. Yeah. And Actually, on the Filter Through Fiction episodes, some of the conversations that Karen and I have had around the Harry Potter story is how often um, that idea of shame centered around poverty 
comes up very early um, in those stories, mostly with the Weasleys who have everything right going on in terms of they are, you know, pure blood wizards and things, but the fact that they uh, struggle financially is definitely a, a issue around which the Malfoys definitely dig in that sense of shame and really just kind of, I guess, just use that as like that, that, that one thing that they can really, uh, shame them around. Hold against them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And And, you know, and how often it is a, a level of blame where, well, if only you, right, you should be better. You should do better. You should, or, you know, could have or would have. And yeah. And how that comes from such an ignorant place and really, you know, it just, it is, you're absolutely right. It's a control thing. It's a power thing. It's I, a, yeah. I was going to say it's definitely, at least in the, in those moments within that story, it is all about power dynamics and the idea of I'm, I'm better than you are less than, um, all centered around money. And if you think about the, uh, the, uh, the flip side of that, which is generosity, you know, financial generosity, philanthropy, mm-hmm. You know, and how often that do we give? Do we help? Do we give? Is it a transactional? Are we doing it because we expect something in return? Are we doing it for us? Yeah. Or does that value sit in truly, legitimately, honestly giving to others for the for them for the greater good and expecting nothing in return? Exactly. You know, it's it's not um, it's not anything where you are keeping score of oh but I did this for you yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. you know when you needed it and and being able to genuinely give with a true open hand yeah and you see those you know you you hear about those um families or uh you know individuals who whether it be that they pass away and then you learn that they have donated or given and it doesn't have to be money but you know given time given given of themselves but oftentimes you hear about large financial donations and and it's somebody you you don't know or you've never heard of before or you knew them and had no idea they were doing that yeah not that you can't share not that you can't be proud of of you know giving and of of supporting and certainly if it's something that you are supporting in terms of a value where you are supporting an organization or a cause that you feel strongly about but then you're supporting the cause not advocating or broadcasting that you gave right you're you're advocating for the the actual thing itself right and so I think that somewhat ties into you know into that financial stability piece because if that's important to you and you want to be able to do that then yes you have to make those choices and those sacrifices and that's not to say that someone who again somebody who does value things differently or has different values may make those choices much differently and they're that doesn't make it wrong um, by any standard, <laughs> and yet we tend to want to assign that. So if you're somebody, diff- you know, making different financial choices, that's where that blame and shame comes in, um, rather than taking a moment to understand it. But then also, how do we in ourselves make sure that what we're doing, you know, do we check, do we really check our investments and our, and yeah. our you know, <laughs> our accounts, and, and do we make a plan? Do we really know that we're doing it with purpose? Do we know that we're making these decisions or um, you know, making these these uh, choices on purpose. Yeah. You know, how often do we do that? And, you know, uh, I think one of the ways to maybe easily illustrate it is considering some of those things that you and I have been like, that's a value. Right. Um, like somebody who values fun. Yeah. 
I, I mean, when we look at financial stability or financial um, choices through the lens of somebody who values fun more than anything or, you know, among the top sure. top things that they value. Sure. Their decisions on what they spend money on are going to look extremely different from someone who values future generations. Yes. You oh, know? I, yes, absolutely. And so I think financial stability will won't it will almost feel like it doesn't take on the same meaning when you look at what decisions each of those, um, you know, hypothetical people with these differing values might look like. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and also then how do we, you know, how often do we assign value to something that really doesn't? So the size of your house, this, you know, what car you drive. Yeah. Is there value in that? Do we actually... You know, are we kind of falsifying those narratives? Are we are we creating those narratives about who we are and what we are, and and almost in a sense of complete ignorance? You know, almost in a sense of we're just not even thinking about what does this really mean to me, and instead yeah. allowing culture, society, neighbors, friends, family to define that for us, and and that doesn't feel good. I don't think in any any situation, any value long term, right. But how often we do that because, you know, I said because of what we're because of that shame and that blame that's that's so often attached to poverty and to and quite honestly, uh, you know, all of the the uh, kind of the um, I don't know, the, the credit you get or the bonus points you get when people think you have money. Yeah. You know, it can go both ways. And yet both are equally, I think, equally damaging, equally false. Um, and it's kind of like that quote we we talked about yesterday about you don't you know, someone who's living their best life doesn't doesn't need validation your best life doesn't need validation yeah and I think that's a, very true for for any value is if you're really truly living the way that you feel most at peace with and most at ease with then nobody else you won't worry about what anybody else thinks about it yeah and the people who are worrying about it probably don't matter in terms of their opinion on what you're doing and haven't you noticed that? How often, you know, it's kind of like I say, you don't have to tell me you're smart or you don't have to tell me, you don't have to tell me you're funny. I'm going to know. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's so, it's, that's true. I think of every, of every, um, you know, every best, best developed, you know, uh, most at ease person, you know, the people that are comfortable in their own skin. I think that is so true. You know who you are. Yeah. And everybody else should too. But if they don't, you're still you. You're still you, and it, it might not be a you problem, you know? Right. Sometimes it can be hard to stop, slow down, and really see people. Yes. Um, you know, when, you're, when we are talking about, you know, I jokingly say, like, that is a value when we talk about fun or the next blog um, is future generations. And have I started it? No, because <laughs> I am avoiding it. Let's just be up upfront and honest about that but it is really easy in that moment like yes I'm joking but if somebody were to turn around and tell me oh absolutely I value fun absolutely I value future generations and actually make decisions based on a sustainability for people who are going to be on earth down the road um, it's really easy to start in a lighthearted place and move into an actual judgmental place mm-hmm it's interesting because you think of it and say, I mean, how quick it is, I guess, how quick we are to say, 
that's not that's not a value or that's not important or that's not who says yeah because you know? really at the end of that is a very implied to me right absolutely and that's okay right okay <laughs> it's like okay say, so what i was literally about to say so what so what <laughs> right you don't have to value that but then how you know operationalizing that I think, and also remembering, too, that I think one of the other pieces of, of financial stability, too, that I wanted to not forget to talk about was I, I think we have to recognize that we do use money to give value, right? Oh, I mean, that's, yeah. That is a absolute, I mean, that sounds so silly to say that, but it's, you know, because it's duh, but whether it's a piece of furniture or whether it is, you know, a service that we provide, the, yeah. the more expensive it is, there is an implied sense that then it is more valuable. Yeah. Sometimes that's true. And that you're getting something better. Yes. Right. In you're some more. fundamental way. Absolutely. Yeah. If you think about it from a work context, uh, you know, we, we do look at pay and we, we try to tell people that you are valuable. Right? Mm-hmm. What you do is important. And having to make sure that they feel that and know that even if their pay is not equal, because we do not pay the same for every job. Right. Obviously, right. there is there is a, a hierarchy, if you will, or there is a whether it be level of responsibility, experience, you know, time at a, a job. So, it, you know, rewarding that loyalty. There are variations. And yet we need people to know and to feel valued. We know that we know that that's, you know, an engaged employee who who feels like they are important and who who brings something to the company are the ones that do perform higher. So right. that's critical. Uh, and yet, you know, how do we make sure that, that we are assigning a value and, and saying here, you know, you can easily look at that and say, I am less important because I'm paid less. Right. And yet that's not necessarily the case. But I think that's also a challenge in that, in that idea of how we make decisions, what we tell ourselves about financial stability, what that means to us. You know, what do we value? How do we make those choices? What do those sacrifices look like? What are the challenges? And then and what are those opportunities to to kind of build that, uh, that sense of confidence around our choices uh, about, you know, about finances, regardless of what they are. Right. And I think another, you know, thinking back to the authenticity blog, and I, I don't think any of us really, at least overtly, talked about um, a value forming based on a trauma. But you know, I I am curious how much, you know, perhaps a trauma of not having, like that trauma of scarcity, you know, growing up. Like, I know my family didn't have money growing up, but I also think my parents did a pretty good job of insulating me from really recognizing that. I, I ultimately didn't feel, looking back, like there was a ton that I missed out on in those moments, I, as a kid, <laughs> you know, uh, whether that was a certain type of school clothing, like I remember those moments of, no, we can't afford that. But ultimately, it took me growing up and looking back to recognize that, oh, man, like we we struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am curious, you know, how I in the authenticity blog addressed there was a trauma and uh, just a misalignment within my own self of what I was feeling on the inside, but what I was living on the outside, that mismatch of 
not being authentic, you know, not sure. being truthful, not feeling courageous, uh, where now in my life I have pulled those things very close and do live my life according to those. I can absolutely see um, the effects of poverty or scarcity and things like that of just feeling of, of knowing that moment of my family will never be able to afford that. Um, and the shame centered around that, if that plays into the idea of financial stability being a very important part of someone's life. And I, yeah, and I have a little bit of, a, of insight that I have certainly gained in my adult years uh, in my family, because Brian does come from know, will tell the stories and, and talks very openly about those years of scarcity and the years and gives, you know, gives my mother-in-law, his mom, you know, lots of credit for keeping things going by herself, yeah. you know, for many years. And, and yet I can remember, you know, a full pantry is an emotional experience for him, right? He, he yeah. acknowledges that, that that is something that feels uh, good to him. And it feels, I think it's contentment. Uh, and yeah. it, it, just feels like that's how it should be and yet I also at the same time can get a sense that that maybe there's not while that may feel good in the moment it's almost like he doesn't trust it there's always this I think feeling of it could be gone at any moment right it could go away yes um with no warning I can't trust this right I don't trust this and and I interestingly I have almost the opposite where I probably to the other extreme think we'll be okay. Yeah. You know, regardless of what happens, like I'll always figure it out. And I think potentially because I haven't had, as you said, that trauma, I have had definite, you know, times as an adult where no joke, you know, the paying the, the debt and having to pay it off and yet just keep going. Yeah. And, and he very much has that, that work horse mentality. I mean, there is nothing about him that says, well, it should come easy or, you know, I'm not going to work for it. Not at all. But the idea that I don't have never had that go away or, as you said, I never knew it. You know, my mom talks about finding a $20 bill on the ground and being ecstatic because they weren't sure. She and my dad, when I was very, very young, weren't sure how they were going to afford to eat dinner that night. I have no understanding of that. And I don't remember feeling that, knowing that, living that. Yeah. And so, you know, clearly sheltered from from some of that. And then how do we, you know, how do we explain that to our our children? I I think about that, talking about future generations and what financial stability means to them. Being, you know, finding that balance between being open about we do make sacrifices. We cannot do all things. Yeah. Without building in that fear of scarcity or that fear of, of making, you know, of needing to make those choices of you cannot, you know, not, ha- not having all or doing all is not, there is no shame in that. Yeah. That's real life. Yeah. Which is you know, true of almost anything that we do. And that um, when we are in those moments, like we're not alone, even though, I mean, shame is definitely designed to make us feel vulnerable, alone, like we're the only one fighting the specific thing. I think the amount of shame that can come from a lack of wealth. Like I think of those moments. Uh, one of the worst feelings in the world is that moment <laughs> your debit card is declined. Yes. And, oh, and there's drop in your stomach. And you're, and, yes. and you're like opening the app on your phone to show like, no, no, no. Like, look, yes. this is my bank account. I have money in it, you know. And 
absolutely assuming or projecting your response onto that cashier. Like, who, know, who knows what they're... I mean, they oh, may yeah. be thinking, oh, you're the 15th person I've seen that happened to you today. And I don't care if you have money or not. <laughs> like, it matters none to me. Just, I, I'm, here to, I'm here to do a job. Right, and yeah. And scoot along if, if that's what <laughs> you yes. know needs to happen. But, yes. And even the way your stomach will drop for another person when that happens yes you know I, yeah. I, I mean we've all been in a grocery line and have seen that happen to the person in front of us and I have never had a judgmental moment about a person right who I, I, I immediately swoop in you know not physically but swoop in with nothing but empathy like oh I feel you like that's the worst feeling in the world yes and I have sometimes physically swooped in, especially <laughs> if it's some kind of small thing. I yeah, can remember like just I saying, just it. put it on mine. Yeah. Just add it to mine and, and it'll be fine. Um, because you're absolutely right. And you do, and you know you've been there and you have those moments and you, you do, you assign all of the stories that you're assuming ever you sure everybody <laughs> else is thinking. Yeah. Um, and yet in the reverse, we have, I think, a tendency to do the opposite to people that we perceive as having more, where we... I think a lot of folks tend to either think that it came about, you know, not illegally, but but maybe they, you know, did they work for it? Yeah. Or where, how did they get that? How did that happen? And kind of, I have heard lots of people kind of tear that down and want to, you know, feeling as if I think it's it really is an insecurity in themselves, as in if I, you know, if they can do it, I should have, and I yeah. haven't, and so therefore it must mean that they are, Oh, they, they couldn't possibly have just worked for it. They couldn't possibly have done that yeah. for themselves. Right. There had to be some kind of advantage, some right. kind of privilege. Yes. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've really appreciated um, in reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, is the glimpse into all of the people in her life who got to the places that they got to because they worked their asses off. Yeah. Oftentimes and, harder than others. Oh, yeah, I mean, for you know, sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's And, it, and of course, there's some some privilege and, and some, you know, some advantage here and there as we yeah. all have. Yeah. You know, whether it's you knew somebody who, who gave you an opportunity or a conversation, but you made the most of that. Yeah. Right. There's, there is no, you know, that doesn't, just because it, 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 you know, something, the universe aligned and you had an opportunity, that doesn't mean you didn't have to t do your part to make the most of that. Yeah, you, you did what you could with what you had. Sure. And I would guess more times than not, it's because you worked God knows how many hours, stayed up how, you know, right. how many nights, you know, lost sleep, stressed, and, you know, who knows what kind of emotional, mental physical, spiritual labor went into making that thing happen. Yeah. You know, and I wonder how often, too, I mean, I guess assigning that value and really kind of connecting to that personally, which then again takes away the shame and the blame and the, the assumptions about other people, if we can continue to focus on ourselves and then essentially be, be generous in allowing others to have their own view and their own experiences, but yet kind of come alongside them in those, you know, how often we... I guess how much we could benefit from just stopping and thinking and being mindful of what does financial stability mean to me? What yeah. do what do I assign to that? What are the stories that I'm telling myself? What am I the stories I'm telling myself about myself 
about others. You know, and then and then I can I think kind of almost restarting that path. And I think some people probably do that very openly. And that is those are the people who value yeah financial stability. Those are the people who it truly is something in their, you know, in their top three uh, most important things to them. For everyone else, for the rest of us who don't, how can we give it, you know, give it attention? Yeah, in the right way. Um, I think that's a a good little exercise and good challenge for us, and and making sure that. I think without giving it attention or without thinking it, that's when we actually add more stress or we, you know, we're doing something not in alignment that we didn't even realize. Yeah. And that's that, I think, underlying discontent or, uh, you know, struggle that we, we don't even really know why is there. Strangely enough, I'm just having a moment here where I think, uh, it's essentially a harmony. <laughs> it is. You're right. You're absolutely right. Does it? Is does this? This may feel good right now. Yeah. You know, it may feel good to to go on a vacation, and if that is right, that is most important at that moment, and yeah. it it gets to be. There is again, there oh, is no sure. right or wrong in that. Yeah. If that is most important, and you can acknowledge that, and say yes, I am choosing this on purpose. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I think the struggle to or the challenge, you know, to save or to to those those choices or those whatever you, you know, sacrifices, if you feel like that, um, you know, later on or beforehand, if that's worth it. Great. Yeah. Right. Then that 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 makes all the difference. If you make that if you're going on vacation because someone invited you and you don't you're afraid to say no or you feel shame in saying I can't afford to do that right now. Yeah. That's simply going to to get us further away from from that inner peace is there anything else you would like to dive into with financial stability you know i said this last time about harmony and i I would say the same thing i said each of these each of these discussions makes me as i am with so many things i want to dig in deeper so if there are people who who value financial stability and who see it differently and who you know and who um think about it from a different perspective I would certainly love to to hear from them and to for them to share their their experiences with us absolutely um, and interact that way whether it be on the blog or or uh, however they want to connect um, and share their story and uh, I think that's really interesting and I love this I love this journey because I really am loving the idea of of being a listener and a learner and uh, kind of really taking on other perspectives with every single one of these topics. And you actually make a good point. There are ways to engage. You specifically mentioned the blog on the website. There's a way to contact us there, um, which is just filteredthroughfiction at gmail.com. So there uh, via the website and blog, or if you're on Instagram, that's another easy way to get in touch with us. Um, But yeah, I mean, one of the things... We do as we put out these ep- these episodes is partner an Instagram post with it. So absolutely engage with us there. We would love to hear from people who do value these things like sure. harmony um, right now, financial stability. Uh, there will be 117 of these things. <laughs> you find the one that works for you and let <laughs> yeah. us know. Let yeah. us know. I mean, there there are some that we already have plans to have people that we know who do value these different things like peace, uh, power, beauty, uh, belonging, and things like that. But um, we want to hear from everybody. 
Exactly. This is a conversation. It's a it's a journey, and we'd yeah. love for you to come along. As always, Andrea, thank you for sitting down and talking to me. It is my pleasure and my honor to be here. <laughs> and for everyone else, until next time, do the damn work. Thanks for listening. Bye.